just to kind of uh, give you advance warning, it's not really a sermon. <laughs> so if you've come for a sermon, just uh, go to the podcast, find the sermons that have been put there before on the same subject, and you'll have a sermon. Okay? So I'm really... I have spent... I don't want to think I've spent no time doing this. I've spent, I have actually spent several hours <laughs> looking at this, but there's still no sermon. So it's not like, oh, I couldn't be bothered this morning, and so there's no sermon. You know, that's not what it is. You know, I have spent time, but still no sermon. <laughs> yeah. So, as Mike said, we've been looking at the grace of God but then we've been thinking about the impact of the grace of God on our lives. So I've just got random notes here, so we'll see what comes out of these. So the impact of the grace of God on our lives to help us to see what abundant life is, but not just help us to see what abundant life is, to really cause us to experience abundant life yeah. and it's such a massive concept isn't it that whole idea of abundant life you know and there are lots and lots of ideas and we've all got an idea in our heads you know I'm off to Croatia this week I'm sure you're all jealous yeah. um, you know having a great holiday that's part of abundant life for, for some people I'm not saying it's not part of abundant life you know it is I'm sure it'd be great even though we're going to Diocletian's palace, who was one of the worst persecutors of Christians in the whole of history. But, um, so we've all got different ideas about what abundant life is. But I think it's really important to say from the beginning that abundant life is not a thing. Abundant life is not something that you, you know, you're going to just... Um, have a life which is abundant, you know, as in the noun, you know, a life. It, abundant life is Jesus. So you could, if you wanted to, go through your Bible, and wherever it says Jesus, put the words abundant life. Abundant life did this, abundant life said that. Because that's who he is. He himself is abundant life. When he said, I am the way, the truth and the life, that's what he meant. He himself is life. Yes, you have a life. We all have a life. But he is life. He is life. The life he wants to give us, he wants to pulsate through our bodies with life. He wants us to have a life where we're trembling with life that we're moving with life, that we're not static, we're not stationary. There's something in us that's moving all the time because God is not static. Sometimes he's still. Sometimes he's resting. But he's not static There's always life in whatever he's doing. There's life in his stillness. There's life in his resting. 
When we talk about the living waters, and I've mentioned this a bit a million times, but when we talk about the living waters, the moving waters, the bubbling waters, the fresh waters that are freshly sourced. So if we have grown stale, if we have gone to sleep, if we are waiting for someone to impart something to us, you are static. I am static. If I'm waiting for a word on a Sunday to feed me, I'm a baby. <laughs> There's lots of little fledglings in our garden at the moment. And I could see them like, <laughs> trying really hard to kind of get up into the hedge, you know, and then they've not got the energy for it. But, you know, I mean, that's the role of a baby. A baby's supposed to do that. A baby's supposed to be, you know, learning to do things. A baby's supposed to, a baby bird's supposed to be in a nest with its mouth open waiting to be fed. When you have a new baby, it's, you're meant to gather it, nurture it, and feed it. That's what you're meant to do. But if I've got Dave Mutch in my arms on the couch, I mean, you might have a word to say about that, I'm sure. But if I have got Dave Mutch in my arms on the couch, which I know is a weird thought, and I get some soup, and I start giving it to him, and he's not 99 yet, there may well come a point. But that would be weird, wouldn't it? And we all know that that would be weird. I don't know where that came from. Like I said, it's not prepared. It's not in my notes. <laughs> but the ridiculousness of that highlights the adult person in us who wants secondhand food. You know, it might be from your favourite podcast. I'm not, I'm not dissing a podcast. I love a good podcast. Listen to loads of podcasts. You like a podcast, don't you? Andrew, you said you did, not you? We like a good podcast. But if that's all there is, it's, it's secondhand. It's, you know, and I think, it's not that there's anything wrong with it, but I think he's, he's saying, you know, life is life. You know, from the mouth of the life, of abundant life, that's where you want your life. That's where you want to be hearing. That's what I want to be hearing. That's what I want to be feeding. If we read in the word and it's stale, if we read in the word and we're going like, what the, nothing there for me. Well, something's needed. So we think, well, you know, do I beat myself up? You know, stay, word stale, it's not speaking to me, not learning anything. No, <laughs> you need something. What do you need? Answer on a postcard. We need the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit comes when you work really, really hard for him to turn up. And then he lands on you, and you might get some revelation. No, that's not true, is it? We know that's not true. The Spirit of God is within us. And he wants stirring up, though. <laughs> but he, and what he needs from you, really, is your agreement. Now, it's not that suddenly, you know, it's like every page the word's left out. You know, it might be that. But he wants to breathe life into your scripture reading because there's a wealth of richness. There's riches and riches and riches that he wants to unpack to us with this abundant life in the word 
or even if you've put a, a limit on your expectation of what you expect to receive from the word, and you put a cap on what you expect to hear, I'm going to have my daily snack of the Lord. So you come in, in the morning, daily words, you know, we've all done it. I'm not coming at it from some place of, hey, and I'm in the word for hours on end every day. But they, we've all done it. So we come, you know, well, just one wafer of manna for me today, Lord. You know, and you have your little tiny bit of the Lord, you know, sets you up for the day and that's it. Now, some of us have got such crazy lives, such busy lives, such lives which are out of order that that is what we do. And we're going to have seasons of, you know, when you've got like things like new babies or you've got many demands, you've got jobs with great responsibilities, all those things are going to kind of pull at you, aren't they? But he's saying it's not enough to have one little wafer of manna a day. I mean, who can live off that? Can you live off that? I'm not saying it because it's like, he's going, well, do you know what? When you only do that, that's terrible, that is. That's not where I'm coming from. I'm coming from, is this life? Is this life? Is this where I'm getting my life from? You know, sometimes I'm relying on a reservoir within me. And actually, that's okay, up to a point. But the reservoir needs refilling. So we all know when we go through those seasons and times when it's challenging and difficult, there are words that come up to us. There are words that bubble up. You know, when you're praying, there are things that come up. There are scriptures that you hold on to. All of that is good. And that comes out, where does that come from? Well, you must have put it in at some point. You must have heard it somewhere. And it bubbles up when the Spirit breathes on it. He wants us to keep that reservoir full because of life, the life that he wants to give us. So he himself is that, he is the abundant life. He is the abundant life. Um, now where Tom was speaking from Romans 6 and I'll just have a quick look at Romans 6. He was speaking of the grace of God. He was speaking about our battle, really, sometimes. He spoke about it, um, you know, with sin, but then the, the view of Romans, uh, the view of Paul... On, on sin and our position. So we spoke about all of those things. So I'm just going to read the last part of Romans 6 from verse 22. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages or the consequences or what sin pays us with is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you do really need to read the whole of, of um, 
Romans 6. And I would encourage you to listen to Tom's sermon because the whole of that chapter is all about us dying to sin and being raised up into life and that baptism, full immersion baptism is kind of totally symbolic of that washing away of the old nature and the resurrection into a new nature, a new creation. And what I felt a weight on, just to kind of unpack a little bit more, or to go with, is the new creation. It's a new creation perspective that we are new creations. And I'm going to ask Mike to read out um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16 and 17 from the Passion Translation, which is a sort of bit translation-y, a bit paraphrase but it's one of them. Even though I think it says new person in there, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It says this from verse 15, he included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Verse 16, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. Look at it. And there are, there are lots of other versions. I don't know if, if anyone's got a Bible in front of them now. Could somebody read... Um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, from the version that you've got. Could you just say what version you've got? Yeah. And 17. Sorry, I should have said 17. Thanks. So that's the new King James. I'm not going to read that out, but people can look it up on their Bible apps. Uh, anybody else got another version, 16 and 17? Yeah, NLT. Big voices, please. <laughs> Thank you. Any more for any more? Any other versions? You've got ESV. ESV, yeah. Just read it, please. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, he is a new person. 
it's really hard to uh, kind of understand what's happened there because it's so miraculous and so amazing that it's really hard to grasp because what it's saying is it's not like something's just re been rejigged slightly, something's been changed slightly and, and, and Tom said it's like a change of DNA is what he said but it is a complete recreation and reordering of who we are. So it talks about the old order in some, some uh, translations. The old things have passed away. Now, sometimes we might think, yes, my sin's been washed away, and so that's the old, and that's what's been washed away, and now I'm in a new place, and I'm stepping into a new world, you know. And that is true, that is true. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. You've been recreated so that you don't function the same way at all as the flesh person. So, what were we born of? When we're born again, what are we born of? We're born of the Spirit of God. So, as we've been born of the Spirit of God... We reordered according to the priorities of the Spirit of God. And when, in Genesis, when the Spirit of the Lord brooded over the waters, it wasn't like it was completely empty. It gets translated as that sometimes, but actually, as you look further into it, what it is, is there's a chaos. The waters symbolize a chaos. And the Spirit of the Lord comes, the breath of the Lord, the same words that are used for the Holy Spirit that comes into us, the same words, the same Spirit, comes and broods, and what does he do? He reorders. He actually brings order, is what he does. He brings order into creation. So he brings the days, and he brings an order. So there's a progression. There's an order, but he, he orders so when he comes to us through the Holy Spirit, he reorders everything. Everything's reordered, reordered according to the Spirit of God. So the flesh person want, wants, couldn't help themselves from sinning. But they were in a body of sin. A flesh, they were body of sin. There was no life in it, no spiritual life, not animated by the Spirit. Doesn't mean good things couldn't be done. But we need the animation of the Holy Spirit to reorder and recreate us. And that's what he's saying, that's what he's done. So when you went, I don't know if there's anybody here who's not been uh, baptized in full, full immersion baptism, but it would be a really great thing to do because it's a, a point, you actually remember, you'll always remember your baptism. You'll always remember your baptism. I'm sure you've got testimonies of your baptism. You might even remember the songs that were sung. You might remember the experience you had. You might remember something about it. Yeah? Yeah? Can you tell us something about your baptism, please? Um, the day before I won our baptism. Hang on, I'm going to say, I'm going to sh 
the day before, I had won a gospel pageant, and I remember being at the pageant and saying, God, like, if you help me get through this, I'll give my life to you. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the, the bat. So that was the Saturday, and then the Sunday I got baptized. I don't think I told my mom. I just went to church on my own, told the pastor I wanted to get baptized, and then we went, got baptized, and I just it felt amazing, and I'll never forget that day. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Simone. Does anybody else want to just share just what happened or just something of your baptism? Yeah. Tom. So I was baptized as a teenager, and at the time, I had really bad problems with my eyes. Um, if Literally, if even a drop of water got in, I'd have an allergy for the next week. And I got baptized just before... It, there were some exams coming up. So I was nervous as anything, as you can imagine, because I didn't do swimming. I didn't yeah. do anything with it. I was baptized in the water, and I'll never forget coming out. And it was the most amazing thing. It was like completely dry, completely dry over the eyes, not a single drop of water around them, <laughs> even though I'd been put fully immersed. Yeah. It was a complete God thing, as though God just went, come on, don't stress. I'm absolutely sure he could have just protected me from having the reaction anyway. But it was as though, I think he did that just as a way of saying, it's okay, I'm with you. And I'll never forget the, oh, completely dry there. <laughs> never forget that moment. Yeah, amazing, thank you. Anybody else? Come on, we're on a roll. Sure, sure more than two people have been baptized in this church. Come on then, Karen. No, I'll come to you. Mum was really, well, it was really quite funny and unspectacular. It was in these high swimming baths and there were like kids learning to swim. And me and the leader from the church and my friend got in the baths. <laughs> everyone was looking at us. It was just in and out. And then everyone like prayed afterwards. So it was, it was nice, but it was just, <laughs> everyone was looking at us and saying, who's this lunatic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was cool. still saying that now. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> never changed. I'll never forget Ailsa's though. Ailsa's was great. Oh, come on, Elsa. Oh, I know you've landed a minute now. Please um, share it with us. Well, mine was um, unexpected, really. Um, I hadn't anticipated getting baptised, but there was an opportunity at Ainsdale Beach, and um, I felt really prompted that, yes, I was to go for this. And so um, I prayed, you know, what, what would really help me get through the occasion and there were a few things. I mean, there was great support from people in this church, but also I had the opportunity to wear my Everton shirt, which was <laughs> quite, quite controversial. But well, I... Yes. You would have thought it got changed into something else when it came out of the water. Oh, it did. It did. <laughs> uh, but um, I did feel quite nervous because I couldn't swim. But uh, there was absolutely nothing for me to, to have any anxieties about. God carried me through that. But it was that experience of, of feeling different and empowered and renewed. Yeah. And uh, it's certainly an occasion that I won't forget. And Karen was one of the key people who helped me through that. So yeah. thank you. What was, the, what was the date? Can you remember the date? Uh, I can't I think it was it was Jul uh, sometime in Jul July or August, August yeah, yeah. Thanks. thanks so much yeah it's it is good to I can remember my baptism was um I'd asked I, I became a Christian quite suddenly <laughs> to my shock and surprise 
And, um, <laughs> and then I thought, well, I know I need to get baptized, but I couldn't get baptized for a, a while. So it was about a year. So it was about a year later, but um, yeah, and in some random church with some random people who I hardly knew, but it didn't matter, that really didn't matter because the important thing was getting baptized. So as I got, got baptized um, and came up out of the water, I did literally feel like I had been just every single part of me washed, bathed, just every single part of me felt washed. And I, it was, I knew I'd left something behind in that water and just stood up into, you know, with just the biggest smile on my face, you know. I was probably smiling as I was down there, really, and then come up, <laughs> came up out of the water smiling. But so, and that was uh, November the 16th um, in, it would have been 1980. So does anybody remember 1980 in here? Yeah, <laughs> a few people remember 1980. Yeah, so there's this, an, an amazing miracle happens when we give our lives to the Lord, but it's, it's uh, the physical demonstration of the baptism makes a huge difference, actually. And so when we read in Romans 6 about baptism, you know, it's not that, you know, the Lord's going to hold it against you forever. If you're not baptized, it's nothing like that. But there's just something about being baptized that's very, very powerful. And as we, as we are... Um, these new creations, we come into a new order. So, whilst we, when we're not Christians, we live in one place, don't we? We live here on the earth, but we are not seated with Christ in heavenly places. So, something happens there in our, in the order of things. We're positionally reordered, we're positionally shifted from just being here to also being seated in heavenly places. So we, what we might say, we are located in two places at the same time. We are bilocated. We don't just walk according to earthly things. Has anybody ever prayed for somebody who was healed? Has anybody ever prayed for somebody who was healed? You might not have laid hands on them. You might have just prayed for them and they, and they got healed. Has anybody done that? I'm sure you have. Don't be shy. Can I ask you to share? Yeah. Thanks. Can I, I'll have to come with my little doofus. Thank you. Uh, Eva in hospital. She was knocked unconscious in church. Uh, <laughs> Best place. And, and uh, we, she did wake up and we took her to the hospital, but she, she just collapsed again and she was just out of it and they were going to take her for a brain scan and Sarah and I were there with her praying and uh, she just suddenly sat up and said I'm all better now yeah it's amazing and then and so did you think that actually that was you who did that no, <laughs> no. Or anybody else who was with you. You know, it, you know it wasn't you, don't you? You know it was the Lord. And it's like, did you see him do it? Well, yeah, you saw the results of what he did, but did you see kind of what he did? Well, no, we, we didn't see what he did. But we did see what he did. And so what did we see what he did with? <laughs> what did you use to see what the Lord did? What did you use? 
Discernment, yes. <laughs> yeah. And how did you know it was the Lord pushing you? Not just you. Was... Yeah. It wasn't the doctors. It had to be something else that was other, that was outside of that normal realm of things. We see with our spiritual eyes, don't we? So we have spiritual eyes. Because all the time, there's stuff going on. There's stuff going on all the time. Because we're in two places at the same time. And we have access, because it says that we have been brought near through the blood of Christ. The curtain's been torn in two. You go in, he comes out. You know, together. We're with him, seated in heavenly places. And there's a reordering that he wants to do this morning, even. This morning, he wants to do some reordering. He wants to say, do you know this earth that you walk around with, and it's like this sometimes. Sometimes it's... Isn't it? It's like you're in the mud sometimes. And we get slimed. We get our ears get bunged up. Our eyes get covered over. And the Lord says, I want to remind you of the order that things are in. I want you to be reminded this morning that you're a new creation. And as a new creation, things have been reordered. You've got eyes that can see. Is that just for some people who are Christians? No, it's for all of us. Eyes to see the Lord. Eyes to see what the Lord's doing. And, our, and it talks, doesn't it, about fix your eyes on things that are above why? So they could trip up when you're on the earth. If you walk around with your eyes on things above, you're going to trip up, aren't you, and fall over? It's not that, is it? It's so that things can be ordered correctly. So that things can be put in the right order in your life. And you know what you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to be going. More likely to know, anyway. <laughs> and as we pursue that fix our eyes on things above things above it's worth getting into worth digging into that verse isn't it worth getting that one writing that one down getting into it what's it saying strong's concordance what are things old things have passed away the old order's gone you've become a new creation it happened at a point in time, and it continues on. I mean, Paul was having a bit of a wrestle, apparently. Um, the Corinthians didn't like him very much. So he was talking to them about not looking at people according to kind of what they look like, you know. So like according to his own weaknesses, according to where he might have got done things in a way they didn't like and stuff like that. So he was, he was asking them to, you know, see in the spirit, really see things according rightly 
See people rightly. See people as God sees them. See yourself as God sees you. I don't think we've got any time to be dragging ourselves down for whatever reason and looking at our inadequacies. It's like your inadequacies are a given. You know, yeah, you're inadequate. Yeah, fine. Let's just, let's move on now. You know, <laughs> we sang it, didn't we? And in my weakness, you are the strength. So, but he says, yeah, look at yourself through the eyes of the Spirit. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Keep me on time, please, because I know I said I've not got a sermon. It's not a sermon, is it? It's still not a sermon. It's not going to be a sermon later either. It's not going to suddenly start doing a sermon. It's... And I read something, somebody here said that with our citizenship now, you know, we're a child of God, we're a citizen of heaven, that with that, we now have heavenly access, which we've talked about a little bit. We've got heavenly allies, and we've got heavenly influence. And I like that. So you need to know that you are a spiritual being. Yes, you are a flesh and blood person, but you are a spiritual being. And what's this access all about? You know, why why we got access? You know, what we're going to do with this access? I mean, some of it is to be strengthened for your day-to-day living, but it's also so we can have that influence and walk in power and reveal who he is. I just want to focus on the right thing. And I think the power sometimes is an aspect of our lives that we can sometimes think is for special occasions or for um, special people. And I just feel like the Lord's saying, that's not so. I don't feel like, I mean, I do feel like he's saying it, but he is saying it, you know, because it's the truth, you know, it's not so. So he wants us to have this fresh understanding this morning of the power of God that we walk in. So the power of God is to, for the bringing down of strongholds. So sometimes it might be still that there are footholds, which Tom spoke about, and strongholds in our own lives of things, which we know dull our vision Make us feel like we're failing in some way. Sometimes it's just like little bits of, sometimes it's like little ideas. 
and little thoughts, you know, that's one thing, little thoughts. And sometimes it's a bit stronger than that. You know, sometimes things are kind of really pulling, pulling at us and trying to keep us in a place. You know, it might be that you, you kind of battle and you wrestle with heaviness a lot. You know, I don't mean like, you know, the scales. I mean, you know, some, some, you know, there is that battle that goes on constantly for many. But that heaviness that sits on you, that kind of heaviness. And it's like, you know, I can't get it off. I can't get it off. Well, you know, we're here to get it off each other. Because we're not saying that there's not challenges. As Paul goes on, he talks about the number of times he was shipwrecked, the number of times that he was persecuted, the number of difficult things that he faced, and that wrestle with that. But he knew the power of God as well. And the Lord doesn't want us to walk under heaviness. But that feeling as well that you got, I, 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 people who come up out of the waters of baptisms don't come up with a spirit of heaviness sitting on them. That is not what happens. That comes, that comes away from you. I mean, it might creep back in at some later point, but that's, it doesn't happen then at that point. There's no spirit of heaviness. There's joy. And I think the Lord wants us to have our eyes opened to that. That some of the things that we've started to live with as a bit of a norm that have dulled down our expectations of God, that have dulled down, like I was saying about Scripture, you know, what you expect to hear, what you expect to know, what you expect to, how you expect to relate to God, how you expect Him to be involved in your life. How, sometimes we've dulled all of that down a bit. It's all been dimmed down, and we've got a little bit bogged down in the mire, a little bit bogged down in the mud, a little bit slimed. And what the Lord's saying is that he wants to wash, wash us. So it says as well, when we do missteps, you know, it talks about, you know, forgives our trespasses. Those are like missteps, you know, we kind of make a mistake, or you go off, off beam a bit, you know. It's not like your whole body of sin needs a complete baptism again. But you get washed. And the Holy Spirit comes and washes us, sanctifies us, sets us straight. And he wants to open, you know, we sing, don't we, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, I want to see Jesus. But I think what he's saying is, yes, he wants you to see him who is your abundant life. But he also wants you to see what, what that means and also, massively, and something I kind of learned a bit last week, and I went on uh, some training last week, <coughs> I learned more, a little bit more about not being able to do things on your own. And um, I also texted a few, I hit a bit of a wall at one point, and I texted a few people and said, you know, I have hit this bit of a wall. And the next day, actually, you know, God turned some stuff around, and it was really great in that regard. But if I did, you know, and I was sitting in my, I was sitting on the bed in my hotel room, feeling quite alone. You know, the room wasn't filled up with all the presence of God, and I was like the in the glory. You know what I mean? That wasn't what was happening at that point. I was feeling quite alone, and I thought, well, just text, <laughs> send a text. Can you pray for me? And made a difference. So this is not an individual thing. This is a corporate thing, you know. 
Yes, you've got your individual thing to do, but it's a corporate thing. So just as we finish now, I just want to pray that, they, that we would recognize what our position is as a new creation, that things have been reordered and are being reordered still. It's a process. But the fundamental reordering has occurred. And I, I just sense that the Spirit of the Lord is probably just, you know, touching different people in different ways this morning, stirring up different things, maybe drawing your attention to certain aspects, making you more hungry, making you more thirsty for Him, feeling like, I feel like I hardly know Him at all, even though I might have known Him for a long time. I feel like that all the time. <laughs> And I think that's how it's supposed to be. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that we are born of the Spirit of God. That we're new creations. And Holy Spirit, come with that revelation. Come alongside us. I thank you that you're in us. That open our eyes, as we've said, as we've sung in the past. That we might see you, but see what it means to be a new creation. Completely washed, with complete access. We have allies. We have you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You send your angels to minister we have one another as we're born into a family, as we're born into a cohort of warriors that stand brother to brother, side by side. And Lord, you know, we want to live those lives that really glorify you. We need to be those who know that we've seen Jesus. We know that we know Jesus. So fill us afresh with your spirit, Lord. Open our spiritual eyes that we wouldn't be dulled. Because we're not blind, Lord. You say you've given us. You know, the world is blind, it says, but we're not blind. We can see. But Lord, we want to see more sharply. We want you to remove any spiritual cataracts from our eyes. We want your laser surgery <laughs> that would cause our vision to be sharper. So we thank you, Lord, that you are abundant life. Amen.